Jam and the Am on a Monday morning. Well, we said we'd uh, be inviting a very special guest into our studio. And, in fact, uh, here he is. Jeff Morgan is the uh, man responsible for Covenant Wines. Uh, I remember when this winery just started to make an impact in the world of kosher wine. And today, one can say without question that it has become one of the uh, hallmark brands in the world of kosher wine. Jeff Morgan, a pleasure to say good morning and welcome to JM in the AM. Good morning, Nachum. It's great to be here. Good morning, Simon. Oh. Good morning. Good so morning. You no- so you noticed Simon's here. I noticed him sitting right next to me. And said, you can't miss him. God bless him. I love, love Simon. He is amazing, and he'll help us with this. He'll help me with this conversation because there's a lot about kosher wine, as you know, that I'm still learning at this point. Give us a brief history. We have a couple of minutes here at the beginning of the conversation. Bring everybody up to date who's listening. When did Covenant start? Give us something about the genesis of the company, and then we'll talk about what's going on today. All right, so <clears throat> Covenant really started on a dare. About 16 years ago, I was <laughs> um, making wine, and not kosher wine, in uh, the Napa Valley. And um, we had a group of uh, Jewish winemakers who would get together and do tastings of whatever we thought was interesting. We happened to uh, hear that Eli Ben Zaken from Castell Winery was visiting uh, the San Francisco Bay Area. We invited him to come show us his wines from Israel. And um, we found his wine extraordinarily good. And uh, we just thought, wow, why don't we try to make a kosher wine from Napa Valley, like as good as Castell from Israel? So that was really the genesis. And... Um, um, we, um, I which a, was the first confident wine, what variety would have been the first? Well, so wine? we wanted to make the best Napa Valley red that we could. And I still believe that in, in California, Cabernet Sauvignon is the king. It's the, right. it's the, it's the red grape that really reigns supreme, uh, in the Napa Valley. And, um, my, my late partner, Leslie Rudd, uh, had some fantastic vineyards, um, in the Napa Valley. Leslie died, unfortunately, uh, this past May. But um, but for the last 15 years, you know, we 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 were running this thing together, and um, we you know we we needed Shomer Shabbat hands. We didn't have any, so I called the Herzog family. I called Nathan Herzog, who I, who I knew because uh, previously I was a journalist and I'd been uh, uh. able to write about the Herzogs, and uh, so I, I knew them a bit. And I said, Nathan, I need a I need some Shomer Shabbat hands. Can I borrow yours or your your crew down in uh, in Oxnard? And uh, he said, yeah, as long as we can be your distributor in New York and New Jersey. <laughs> Good deal, huh? <laughs> and I said, well, okay, I think we got a deal. So, um, so you know, since 2003, which was our first vintage, I've been working closely with uh, the Herzogs, Royal Wines, to uh, distribute Covenant uh, uh, throughout the world, pretty much. Wow. And uh, I have to say thanks to them. Uh, they helped me get started, and they helped me... Um, I guess develop my own uh, connection to Judaism and kosher wine. Um, so you know that's that's been a, a, a fantastic uh, voyage that many people listening have probably heard already. So we're not going to waste right. your time with that. Pretty cool though that uh, the uh, an affinity toward a good glass of kosher wine can have an effect on one's spirituality, huh? <laughs> well, I like to say that uh, only kosher wine could have uh, brought a wayward Jew like me back to his roots. <laughs> Jeff Morgan is here. How many varieties now come out of California? So um, we make a lot of blends as well as varieties, mm. but uh, we do 16 different wines in uh, California that range from dry reds and whites and, of course, our flagship uh, Napa Valley Cabernet we right. still make. But we also have started making a dessert wine called Zahav, which is a wonderful uh, late harvest Botrytis um, Chardonnay 
uh, out of the Scopus Vineyard in uh, on Sonoma Mountain. So that's uh, kind of new and exciting. And everything you've mentioned and alluded to would be available in a regular retail store in the um, New York, New Jersey area, for instance? Uh, we or, have, or most uh, of them? I think we have uh, six to eight different wines nice. that are available uh, in, in normal retail stores. Including we, that brand new Chardonnay? Yes, the Zahav is, uh, is available uh, quite widely. Um, obviously, we have a wine club, a uh, wine called Lansman, that uh, you have to be a member of the club to get the Lanzmann wines. There's a Pinot, a Syrah, and a, and a Field Blend. But um, but most of our wines are available through normal, normal Simon, channels. have you tried the new Chardonnay or not? Have you had it yet? I haven't tried it, it yet. And what about the Cab? What would you say about the uh, Covenant Cabernet in general? I'm also a Lanzmann member. So, I Ooh. mean, I get, I get um, and, I, and I'm going to miss the Zinfandel. By the way, well, you're not going to be actually missing the Zin because the the field blend, blend is 50% Zin <laughs> okay. from an extraordinary vineyard. Okay, and uh, so it's yeah. it's going to be fantastic. Um, you know, Simon's funny. <clears throat> I'm I'm really quite honored that he's a member of our Lanzmann Wine Club because the first time I met him was what I don't know uh, five years ago, yeah, and um, <clears throat> and uh, I met him at a restaurant in uh, Teaneck, New Jersey, <laughs> with uh, Jay Buxbaum who. Uh, was supposed to be here today, but sadly he decided he wanted to go to Mexico of all places. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, okay. so Jay's not here. But anyway, so Jay and Simon and I were having uh, dinner, and, um, you know, Jay wanted me to meet Simon, and and because uh, Simon is a serious macher right. in, in the uh, kosher wine He world. knows his wine. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, so, um, you know, Simon looks at me and he goes, you know, I'm going to drink your wine, but really, you know, I, I, I drink pretty much only Israeli wine. Right. And so, what pulls, did I do, Simon? So, so, so Jeff he says opens up, No, he doesn't. Oh, yeah. He opens up this leather briefcase that he has, right. legal briefcase. He opens it up, and he pulls this bottle out and reveals it, and the whole side of it is the map of Israel. And it's just like... His first I'm, Israeli wine? His first Israeli wine. And I started to cry <laughs> oh, because great. I was, like, so happy. That's yeah. great. It was amazing. Yeah, I'm a crybaby, too. I cry all the time. <laughs> so, <clears throat> so Delicious Syrah. An amazing Syrah. I still have a couple of bottles of it left. What made you bridge the gap between California and Israel and start making wine in the Holy Land? So um, uh, about uh, seven years ago, Leslie and I, Leslie Rudd, my my partner, and I decided that uh, we hadn't been to Israel for a long time. I think I was uh, 19. Back in 1973 was the last time I'd been there, and just before the war. And um, I don't think Les had been back for 25 years Either so we thought, well, God, you know, we're, we're known as kosher winemakers now. Maybe we should go to Israel and check it out. So we went, looked around, and we discovered in the Galilee and the Golan that uh, there were a lot of places that looked a lot like Northern California or the Southern Rhone. You actually went to see the vineyards and, and factories. Yeah, we call them wineries now. You went to the wineries. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I'm, I'm, wonder, I'm wondering if you took a regular tourist tour of a winery, if you actually went into the vineyards no, no, themselves. No, I, no, I went in the vineyard. I have a lot of friends. I already had a lot of friends who right. were, were winemakers in Israel, so I just you know, full access for Jeff Morgan. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I'm a winemaker, right. so when they come to California, we right. we, we show them around. Right. We take them. You up give to them the, the same vineyard. courtesy. Exactly. It's it's a pleasure to to give right. that courtesy. So anyway, we were we went around and, and we thought, wow, this is like Northern California. Um, but it's better because it's Israel. Right. You know, California, I don't know if anybody here is listening knows, California is America. It's very nice. It's beautiful. We make great wines there. But, you know, something It's not the home of the Jews. Right. And Israel is. No matter what Hollywood looks like, yeah. it's not the home of the Jews. Israel's our home. <laughs> right. And so we felt very much at home there. And, and we said, uh, 
why, why don't we make some wine here too? Did that start immediately? Like we were, you were yeah, ready? Yeah. So to- well, that was 2011. Um, it took me about a year and a half to sort of set up how I was going to do it and get my crew together over there. And by 2013, which is the wine that we opened together, Simon, at the restaurant. Um, yeah, 2013 was our first vintage. We we made a whopping three barrels of wine. That's about 75 cases of wine. And um, today, um, we're making, uh, well, about 2,500 cases. That would be 30,000 bottles. Um, and uh, I guess that's about, uh, I don't know how many barrels that is. But Where Cal- does it take place? <clears throat> so we, we don't have our, you know, in California, we have our own right. winery. We have an urban winery in Berkeley. And anybody listening to this, and even those who aren't listening, are welcome to come visit us at our, at our winery in Berkeley. Um, which is right across the bay from San Francisco. It Just is, Google Covenant Wines. Yeah, it is not near Los Angeles. I hate to say <laughs> it's 350 miles from Los Angeles, wow. in case you're wondering, but it's uh, right across the bay. It's kind of like uh, Berkeley is to San Francisco as Brooklyn is to Ma- Manhattan. Got it. So, um, but in, uh, in, uh, in, in Israel, Israel. Um, I hope to build a, a winery similar to the one we have in uh, California, which is small. It's only 7,000 square feet, but it's big enough. Um, and, um, so at the moment we're making our wines at Adir winery. We, um, we kind of rent space from them. We rent, uh, we rent, um, their Mishkiachs as well, but I have my own, uh, winemaker and, uh, my own crew, uh, to help me make our wines there. So how often does the winemaker have to be there? Like, is this somebody from the U S or someone who's living permanently in Israel? No, he lives, his name is Ari Earl. He makes uh, wine for a number of different oh, wineries. So he's there. Yeah, Ari's there. Ari's an old buddy of mine from, he's American, Israeli, or Israeli-American, depending on how you want to look at it. Right. He's lived in Israel for almost 30 years. But um, he lived in Napa for about 10 years, and oh. we were friends when we were both in Napa. So we've been, you know, we've been working in, together for quite a while. And how does one distinguish between a covenant American wine and a covenant Israeli wine? Is it obvious to the consumer what is what? This is a great question. Well, thank you very much. Yes, I love this question. So basically we have... Um, uh, as I said, or maybe I didn't say, we make about 16 wines in California. Right. We only make four wines in Israel, three of which come to America. We okay. make a, um, So we make our flagship wine, which is the Syrah that brought tears to Simon's <laughs> eyes. <clears throat> that has um, got a very different label. It has the Covenant logo, uh, which you'll find on, on any of our Covenant wines that are Covenant. But um, it, um, we, we no longer have the pure map. We have a more of a... Fanciful map, silhouette type. Yeah, um, <laughs> where you can see the coastline, the western coast, and the and the ocean. And uh, it's Syrah, our flagship wine. Uh, unlike in California, where we have um, Cabernet as our flagship, our most expensive, our best wine. Right. I believe that while there's some terrific Cabernet in Israel and and other uh, red varieties, I think that Syrah is the king of uh, the king of the red grapes from Israel. And so I'm focused on Syrah, which is also the king of the Rhone Valley in France. That's the, the, the greatest Rhone wines are made with Syrah also. So we're focused pretty much on Syrah, uh, although we do make a little Cabernet, but we blend that into our, our second label, uh, which is a, a Syrah Cabernet blend. And uh, we make Viognier, which is a white grape that's known as a, a Rhone varietal as well. And then we make a rosé. Simon, what do you think of the rosé in Israel? Uh- well, I just want to say something first about the Viognier. Yeah. I think that that's your flagship, okay? Beyond, it's, thank because you. It's, 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 it's very it, unusual. It's unusual. It's crisp. It's delicious. It is absolutely perfect for Israel, um, exactly perfect for the weather in Israel or L.A. or Miami or what have you. <laughs> it's an, a warm weather, delicious wine. But you asked me about the rosé. 
The rosé was the best rosé I've ever tasted this season, and wow. there's a lot of kosher rosés. And when we tasted it, it really lit up. Um, I tasted it with a number of people who are real wine enthusiasts, and it lit them all up. They all went, wow, where did this come from? This is delicious. Where so, did you most recently taste it? Okay, so we were lucky enough to, um, to taste in the tasting room for Covenant Israel, um, which is run actually by Zoe, um, also Zoe Morgan. Uh, well, now she's Zoe Morgan. She kept her name okay. as far as I know. That's a dad. Zoe just got married. Zoe yeah. made Aliyah about yeah. four years ago, and she just married a nice Israeli boy Wonderful. a few months ago. And she lives in Tel Aviv, and she works for Covenant Israel. Cool. And so we had a tasting there, and it was just great going through the Israeli wines. Then. Just amazing. The three that are available here are? So the three that are available here are the flagship Covenant Israel Syrah, right. um, which uh, is, I think, an extraordinary Syrah, uh, but I'm biased, but anyway, <laughs> I still think that. Um, and then we have um, our Blue Sea wines. Now, a lot of people know our Red Sea wines. They know the Red Sea Red, the Red sure. Sea Sauvignon Blanc, and the Red Sea Rosé, all from California. The Red Sea being a big Red Sea, it's kind of a, like a play on words, you know, like the parting of the Red Sea, right. but it's the sea from Covenant. Covenant, right. So <clears throat> I thought, oh, this will be cool. Uh, let's do the Blue Sea because the Blue Sea, the sea is blue over there in Israel right. and we're right next to it and and we'll use the same uh, logo, the sea, but it's blue. So all of our Israeli wines that are not the flagship Covenant Israel Syrah are Blue Sea, Covenant Blue Sea, Covenant Israel Blue Sea. And so you can tell from the color of the sea uh, whether it's from Israel or California. Red is California, blue is Israel. This is completely confusing, I know, and I mm. probably shouldn't have done that. It's actually but I thought this it was a great cool. tip for the consumers yeah. out there, yeah. I think. I, I thought it was kind of interesting. It, it certainly has given me a guideline yeah. now in terms of choosing your wines. Yeah, and, anyway. and if someone would, as a retailer, bunch all your wines together from the two countries, at least now we know... You know clearly yeah. how to distinguish the two. So yeah. So the blue sea is you know Israel. Just remember and, that, folks. And I really, really, um, you should try the 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 blue seas um, because they're just amazing wines. And we know so, you're biased toward Israeli wines, but I'm even with that, biased. even with that consideration, it's Simon, delicious. Nonetheless, people it's should delicious. try. Jeff, uh, it, Jeff Morgan's here. Covenant Wines, both California and Israel. Can you give me a and, and again, the way you described your background, it's quite diverse compared to some, you know, someone like, you know, other people in our community. You've, you've had quite a, an experience in the world of wine across the board. Let's put it that way. I'm being as subtle as I can be on this. Can you tell me what your first impression was of Israeli wines? Like, did you say to yourself, these are has, as high quality as the rest of the world, or they're very different, and here's why they're different? What, what can you tell us about the first experience you had with Israeli wines? Well, as I said earlier in the show, um, let me just get a sip of water here. No problem. I'm still going to sound hoarse, though, because that's the way I talk. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, um, as I said, originally, um, Domaine du Castel, the Israeli winery, um, back in 2002, I think, when we tasted the wines for the first time, um, that was really kind of my first Israeli wine, and uh, it was... Uh, Inspiring, right? So right from but the get-go, but very different, very like uh, it's it's it's, it's uh, you know uh, Ellie has more of a European uh, uh, perspective, and it was more of a I would say a Bordelais style. But I love all good wine. I really I, I appreciate different styles of wine. If we all if they all tasted the same, it'd be boring. Right. So um, so right away we were I was inspired, and then as I 
as I went that first trip to Israel in 2011 and tasted my way through the country, um, I discovered lots of fantastic wines. Based on what you've heard, if that trip would have been 15 or 20 years earlier, do you think you would have been disappointed? Because I'm just wondering. I, I, I don't know if I would have been disappointed. I might not have been as inspired. Right. Because Wouldn't have been as good. Israel, well, Israel is, and let's not forget it ever, especially we Jews, that Israel is probably the oldest wine-growing region in the world, right. uh, except maybe for some areas over there in, uh, in uh, the Crimea. But it's one of the oldest wine-growing regions in the world, and we were famous back in the days of the Romans when they were, you know, giving our our Israeli wine special status before right. they decided to destroy Jerusalem. They were drinking a lot of good Israeli wine. Um, <clears throat> and so the potential has always been there for modern-day Israeli wines because 2,000, 3,000 years ago, we were making some of the greatest wines in the world in Israel already. So there was never any question in my mind that it could be great. Um, but then um, <clears throat> it's a young region, growers right. just getting started, winemakers getting started. I mean, Yarden's been there 30 years or more, and Yarden actually makes some very good wines as well. Um, but I think <clears throat> the, um, the, uh, there, there are more, uh, as we, every year there are more and more wineries uh, coming on board, more and more talented winemakers coming up through the ranks who have made wine in other countries, like uh, Ari Earl, who works with me right. over there. And, um, uh, and, and, and so uh, it's a young region, like, like Napa Valley was 30 years ago, but it's going to go big time, I'm sure, uh, over the next generation. And if you're in a hurry in the wine business, you might as well go to another business because it does take time to establish oneself and also to learn just what it is that uh, is required do to make the greatest wines. Do you enjoy visiting the smaller boutique wineries of Israel? Well, I used to. Now I'm so busy, I don't have time to go visit the <laughs> boutique wineries because we are a boutique winery. And, and um, we. Um, You're busy being one. Yeah. And so we're busy also um, introducing ourselves to Israel. You know, I thought I'd show up and like everybody would say, oh, Covenant's here. Great. Right. <laughs> we love you. Doesn't and work that way? No, it doesn't work that way. Um, <clears throat> not that anybody was nasty, but, yeah. you know, it was kind of like, well, so, okay, get in line is basically what everybody said. And uh, rightfully so. It's like I just had shown up and didn't really matter that I'd been at it for over a decade, you know, you know, really 20 years uh, in, in, in America. So you have to kind of start over when you go to a new place. But I never felt totally that I was starting over because I always felt like I was coming home. Right. And um, I still feel when I get off the plane that, you know, I'm, I'm where I belong. Amazing. Simon, as a consumer, is it, do you get the impression that it's difficult to break into the Israeli wine market or a, a, a startup, which of course... Jeff is not a startup, as he just described, a little further than that, uh, has a good chance to, to make an impact there. There are literally hundreds of boutique wineries right now in Israel, <laughs> and it's very hard distinguishing yourself, but Covenant has definitely got a name, certainly among the, um, the, wine, make, the wine drinkers who are, uh, who are really, you know, kind of the established um, wine consumers in Israel know of Covenant. Um, they've been smuggling bottles through customs for years so uh they know of it and they're pleasantly i think everybody is pleasantly surprised with the the move to have uh half of the production or half of what you're doing being in israel and it's just the results are just amazing so does it matter to the distributor does the distributor care where the wine comes from aside from the spiritual angle of trying to yeah. you know flood the market with as many israeli wines as possible 
Well, <clears throat> let's remember we're not just talking about any distributor. Right. We're talking about the Herzog family. And I think um, aside from being astute businessmen, they're also very spiritually connected. So and they were very happy when they heard you were... Yeah, I think so. I mean, right. okay, it's a little more complicated now. they got California and Israel, but... You know, I, 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 I credit and blame at the same time Nathan Herzog for helping get me on the path. <laughs> it's his to, fault. Huh? To, yeah, to, to a Jewish life. And um, I tell you, um, having Israel in my sights and having Israel uh, in my uh, soul uh, through my work, making kosher wine uh, over there has just been very energizing, very exciting, and really has given me the connection that I think I've been looking for all this time with Covenant. I didn't even Amazing. know what Covenant meant when I came up with the name. That's how <laughs> clueless I was. But in fact, it's all about connection. This week's Parsha yeah. is the Covenant. This right. week's Parsha is Avram and, and Hashem. This is the Covenant. Well, and last week's Parsha, you mean Noah. Another Covenant. Well, another that, covenant that's my right. Parsha. That's, right. that's what I should have had read 52 years ago right. when I turned 13. I didn't. My, my Parsha was Noah. Mine for, too. Mine too. We're, we're, that's we, right. Yeah. And uh, so that's the first winemaker with yep. the uh, Rainbow Covenant. Right. So um, that's just another Bashert thing. But it's really cool. I forgot that we shared I, that. I actually got that Aaliyah this week. Nice. Um, and when I got it and they started talking about <laughs> wine, I said, uh-oh. Well, it was kind of interesting. <laughs> you know, since I was last on the show, I think it was like three years ago, I was finally bar mitzvahed. Mazal tov. Yeah. And, Did uh, you do it on Noah? Or, uh, yeah, yeah. Nice. I, I, I leaned to the fifth Aaliyah, which is the, the Rainbow Covenant, because I don't want to read the part about him like getting drunk and getting in trouble. So I, I, oh, I like the great. part about the rain, the, the, the Brit HaKeshet. So that it's pretty cool. Great. All right. Jeff Morgan is here. We're talking about Covenant wine. Uh, now you have an amazing choice. Uh, you can get the amazing California wines, Covenant with a Red Sea. And you could also get the amazing Israeli wines, Covenant with a blue sea to start the word covenant. And everybody out there, we encourage you, of course, to purchase Israeli wines and to enjoy. Is there a an indication yet how this year's harvest went? Do we know if it's a good year, a stellar year? How would you describe what you've heard from Israel in September and October? Well, the good thing about Israel and California, they both have very similar climates. Typically, it doesn't rain during the harvest which makes it um, a lot easier to pick your grapes. Right. So um, <clears throat> they're relatively warm climates. And um, I would say that, you know, both in California and Israel, typically we get about 9 out of 10 harvests are great. And it, unlike France, where they'll maybe get uh, 3 out of 10 greats, we get a lot more great harvests just because we're lucky to have um, a more stable climate for grape growing. So Israel has that kind of high percentage? I never realized Absolutely. That. I mean, I, my 13, my 14, my... 15 was Shemitah, but it still came out great. And that was the Sandstorm year. Um, 16 right. is what our Reds are this year. 17, yeah. It's, and you're it's, satisfied with all of them. I'm, I'm, you know, it's, it's more than satisfied. I didn't really know what I was getting into. And um, I remember thinking the first time, you know, we with the 13, Simon, um, yep. I tasted the grapes after, the wine after it had fermented, just very young in the, in the barrel. And I thought, wow, this stuff's great. And then I wasn't sure if it was uh, an anomaly or if it was going to be, you know, regularly like this. But every year, um, it's really terrific quality. And I, I was doing my blends last uh, last December for um, our current vintages that are now in bottles, and I I actually started crying because the reds were so gorgeous, and um, I just thought, wow, you know, I'm not doing anything different than I do in California. 
this comes from the land. This comes from, you know, where we make the wines. You know, I was in a like wine- we've been talking about I, before. I, I was in a winery the other day, and um, and actually they started to just water the land, and all of this, all of these things started to grow out of the ground, and we were in an area that was totally barren with nothing. And as soon as they started watering it, great. You know, Geffen was coming out, Hita, all of this. Uh, it's amazing. It's waiting for us. Talk about a blessing. It's just land, waiting huh? for us. It's unbelievable. Uh, by the way, now my ignorance will really come through. Uh, the 13, 14, are these cases worth buying and storing or saving or hiding? You like, can't get the 13 It's anymore. impossible. The 13, uh, my wines, you can't get much of the 14 either. Um, yeah. If they were available, these are the type that you want yeah. to put away as a winemaker or not? All of my red wines age very well. Ah, so so it's go. not a, it's, but they also Which means taste, Simon likely but, has them hidden wait, somewhere. Wait, <laughs> but they also, what's special is they also taste delicious now. Right. They're not wines that you have to put away for 20 years. Yeah, I, I try you to make can. wine that tastes really good upon release, and it doesn't necessarily get better with age. It gets different. A different mm. kind of enjoyment comes with, with drinking an aged wine. But uh, I would suggest if you're just buying a bottle not to age it, you, you have to buy three to six bottles at a time to age them and watch them evolve. If you're just buying a bottle for Shabbat or whatever, just drink it. But I, and I, my suggestion would be to open it and drink it, and then give it a little bit of time and drink it again and taste it as it develops with the air, as it breathes. Yeah. It's De- really amazing. Decanting, I, I don't know if everybody who's listening knows what that is, but it's essentially you get a, a, anything like a milk bottle or a decanter, any glass vessel uh, that you know, can hold a bottle of wine. And you just, uh, younger reds, if you pour the, the red from the bottle of wine into the decanter, half hour, an hour before you drink it, that will aerate it and help reveal some of those secrets that are still inside. And will taste even better than yeah. if you would have had it right yeah. out of the bottle. Yeah, it's, typically, yeah. If you don't decant, that's fine too. Yeah, but sometimes for a novice, it's hard to understand yeah. that, but I want to understand Yeah, or yeah. usually if you, if you don't decant well, then the second half of the bottle often tastes better than the first half. <laughs> there say? you go. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> that's because you've already had half a bottle of wine. <laughs> that's part of it too, probably. Yes, I agree. Yes, Simon, I'm sorry. Well, I was saying the first time I tasted that wine, I tasted the Syrah. Um, I started crying when I first saw it. But when I tasted it, my taste buds were doing uh, the horror. A little dance. They they were doing a dance. We should get get you to write our our back labels. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) Final message to consumers. It's all out there and they're ready to to go and enjoy. my, My final message for the consumers, it's a little deeper than wine. It's, um, it's, it's about Israel and why we should uh, support Israel obvious, for the obvious reason that this is also our land and our people and our history and our heritage. Um, but when you drink an Israeli wine, and that doesn't mean you should stop drinking, you know, kosher right. California or kosher French or Italian. But Enjoy when, them all. Yeah, but when you, because yes, uh, variety is the spice of life. But when you drink Israeli wine, you're uh, helping to build our nation again. You're, you're making an investment in Israel, which is what I'm trying to do. Uh, also, through my winemaking, I want to help build uh, something that is powerful, something that's connected to who we are. I happen to know wine, so that's what I'm working on. If I was a high-tech guy, I guess I'd be doing high-tech. But, uh, but it's wine, Israeli wine, is so connected to our roots, literally, that it just is a, it's a, you don't have to grow grapes to, to get that connection. All you have to do is drink Israeli wine and you'll get it, uh, you know, very naturally. It's a part of our culture. And I hope that any, anybody listening to this will go out 
and uh, make sure that they have some Israeli wine for for uh, for Shabbos this coming week. Uh, perfect week to commemorate Israeli wines, Parshas Lachacha. So people should go ahead and take advantage. Simon, any final message? I, to everyone? I couldn't say it any better. You than did it Jeff well. Huh? You did it really perfect. well. Beautiful. Uh, I can't thank Jeff Morgan enough. Everyone, check it out. You go to your retailers. You'll see Covenant both from California and from Israel. We're recommending uh, both uh, halves of the brand, if you will. Everybody should enjoy, as Jeff said, the variety that the uh, California wines give you, and of course, the Israeli varieties, but for the extra reason of helping continue to build uh, the state of Israel and to support what comes from the land of Israel. Simon? Just one last thing. When you're in Israel or California, please feel free to call, look on the website for Covenant and uh, set up a tasting and enjoy. Zoe. Covenantwines.com. And you can meet They're my daughter Zoe. With she's the best. She's in Israel, amazing. and she is uh, really amazing. She's she's uh, definitely prettier than I am. <laughs> <laughs> that too, but and she knows her wine. She knows yes, wine. She knows her wine. <laughs> she knows her wine. <laughs> Jeff, I can't thank you enough. This was great. Thank you, Nathan. Thank you so great much for the, the visit. Of wonderful, and uh, everybody out there, thank you, Covenant. Nathan. A pleasure, Simon. Thank you, everyone out there. It's Covenant. Simple as that. And as we uh, get the parshas lechacha, a wonderful opportunity. Uh, to commemorate all the covenants, Noah, Avram, everybody, uh, by purchasing a great bottle of covenant wine from Israel. Quarter before 9 o'clock, you're listening to a Monday morning edition of JM in the AM.